Hello, and welcome to Time Personified. If this is your first time listening, hello, I'm Francesca, I'm an astrologer, and that's what this podcast is about. It's about astrology. And today, uh, this episode is being released, I should say, on the new moon in Aries on April 12th of 2021. So this podcast episode is going to be an exploration of Aries. And I actually felt very pulled towards uh, talking about Chiron in Aries, which is a long-term Aries transit. Chiron is a a small maverick uh, asteroid planet and he moves very slowly through the solar system, relatively, so he spends seven years in each sign and we are just about at the halfway point of that transit, so that's actually the main topic of this episode. before we kind of get into that, let's talk about Aries. So today is the new moon in Aries, and we are just getting into the final days of Aries season. So I hope you had a really inspiring, energetic, amazing Aries season, uh, or whatever your experience of Aries season was. I hope you had a really wonderful past 20 days in this uh, season. Spring may be one of, may be my favorite season, and I thoroughly enjoyed this Aries season. Um, I am somebody I identify myself as being an action taker. I love to initiate things, I love to start things. In my birth chart, uh, I was born during a waxing gibbous boon, um, so I always associate that as like. Uh, a sign that I'm someone who just really loves to just do things. Um, And I don't even have any Aries in my chart, but I've always just really loved this sign and I've always thoroughly enjoyed Aries season. Now, I have been living and traveling around Southeast Asia on and off for the past three years and it just so happens my life kind of played out that I went just about three years without really experiencing an American spring. I'm from the United States, um, in case you don't know that about me or you can't tell by my accent. Um, I'm American and I spend a lot of time outside of the United States and I've, you know, spent um, extended periods in the U.S. over the past few years, but I had just, I haven't been in the U.S. for a springtime, and so it has just been, the past couple of weeks has been amazing because I'm seeing the trees start to bloom and I'm seeing flowers pop up from the ground, and it just makes me really happy. I'm actually quite obsessed with being outside at the moment, and I just love watching the world, the environment around me basically come back to life after experiencing a pretty harsh winter. I think I keep saying this on podcast episodes that I'm recording, but um, experiencing a winter in Ohio and then also experiencing a pandemic that meant that I couldn't 
go and see anybody. Um, that was really, really challenging. So it's just been such a huge joy to watch nature kind of spring forward and come back to life. And that's Aries. Aries is the flowering of the trees. It's the it's it's the seeds germinating and it's the plants sprouting um, its beginnings. And Aries teaches us courage. It teaches us boldness. It teaches us individuality. Aries is birth. It's life coming forward from the void. It's something coming from nothing. And after having lived through a pandemic, as we all have, I feel that this is a part of our collective psyche that really needs some deep healing, which is one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about Chiron for most of this episode, because like I just said, I don't have any Aries in my chart, but I still connect to the Aries themes. And that's the reason for that is that I am a human being. Um, Astrology isn't just about like, this is my birth chart, this is my sun sign, so this is how I identify. Astrology is really a path towards wholeness and to really connect with your own birth chart and to connect with astrology. It's about understanding every single sign because all 12 signs of the zodiac are just another part of what it means to be a human being. So we are all exploring Aries right now and you all have Aries somewhere in your chart. Everyone has a different expression of Aries depending on, you know, if you have planets in Aries or what part, like what house in your chart Aries rules over, which actually um, we've got a little bit of information about that at the end of this episode. We'll talk a little bit about houses and the house that Aries rules, but we are all Aries and we're all, all of the other signs. And um, yeah, so no matter what your birth chart is or whatever, you can connect to Aries and you can experience it and you can live it. So the question that I'm kind of exploring during this new moon is how can we collectively find our boldness again after what we've all what we've been through and what we're still going through? Uh, because the world just gets crazier and crazier every day, it seems. And the answer and the conclusion that I have come to is Chiron. And now it's not the only answer. Um, there's, I mean, astrology is not the one answer to any kind of question and Chiron isn't the only path or the only answer, but one of the answers, <laughs> one of the solutions I think could be Chiron. And so this new moon, as I said, it falls in the final weeks of Aries season. We're about to move into Taurus season on April 19th. Um, so in the Northern Hemisphere, we're experiencing spring. Anything that we plant right now is what we're going to harvest later. And I mean this literally. Um, anything you plant in the ground is going to grow. It's going to germinate in the spring. It's going to grow over the summer. And then it's going to be it's either going to die or be harvested in the fall. I also mean this figuratively. Um, any kind of 
thought patterns that you're allowing to take root in your head right now, any habits that you're allowing to take root in your life, any kind of professional projects or or, or uh, opportunities you're exploring now, like everything that you're doing in the springtime, you can almost see it as little seeds that you're planting in all of the different areas of your life. And there's two options that you have in the springtime. You can either work with the spring season consciously, intentionally plant all of the seeds that you want to plant uh, and make sure that reflects the life that you want to be creating, the harvest that you want to experience in six months, or you can allow this process to happen unconsciously. And I would say that a very healthy way to sort of work with this is somewhere in the middle um, is to be very intentional about, you know, what you want to plant this season and then realize that sometimes seeds get planted without you realizing it. And sometimes that can be a bad thing if you're like unconsciously creating things in your life that don't serve you. But sometimes you unintentionally plant a seed that turns out to be really wonderful. So somewhere in the middle there, uh, some things you're going to be doing very intentionally, some things just kind of happen and, and, and that's life and that's beautiful. Personally, I have been working really hard during Aries season um, because I'm in a very unique position. I just moved from the U.S. I'm sorry, I moved from Cambodia to the U.S. And I'm really kind of in a position where I am building my life from the ground up. I mean, not really. Um, like, I have my businesses. So, like, there's a lot that I've already got established there. But in terms of, like, finding a home and finding a community to connect to, like, I'm really working from ground zero. And I spent a lot of Pisces season kind of coming to terms with that and learning to get excited about that instead of overwhelmed, which is also something I'm feeling. But yeah, I've been working really hard during Aries season. I've been reflecting a lot on what I want to be creating in multiple areas of my life. Um, and that's just where I am because, again, like I'm, I'm moving back to the U.S. and establishing um, a, a new life in a brand new city that I kind of just chose because it's where my intuition told me to go. Um, maybe more, on, I'll talk more about that possibly later once things have really played out. Um, you might just choose to focus on one area of your life because you might not be <laughs> super crazy like me. Uh, or maybe, yeah, you just might be in a different position. Um, maybe some of the reflections that I offer on Chiron today can guide you towards uh, what is it that you're focusing on in this season that we're experiencing collectively and on this beautiful new moon in Aries. So with that being said, um, yeah, I mean, it's a new moon right now. New moons are new beginnings. Um, no matter what season of the year we're in, new moons are, to be very general, new moons are a time when you plant new seeds. Um, so being an Aries season, which is connected to planting seeds, being in a new moon, which is also connected to planting seeds, like this is a time to, if you want to, initiate a really beautiful new beginning. So with that being said, let's talk about Chiron. 
Chiron is a newer planet in astrology. So in astrology, we have um, the classical astrology, uh, which basically just encompasses the visible planets. So anything, everything up to Saturn basically is like classical astrology. And then we have modern astrology, which also which introduces Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, and then also asteroids and maverick planets like Chiron and then there's like there's literally hundreds of others and there's astrologers that have dedicated their entire career to the asteroids um, but Chiron is is one that is very commonly used by modern astrologers it you would be hard-pressed to find a working astrologer in this day and age who has no idea who Chiron is um, but literally um, scientifically Chiron is like this body. Um, it might be a planet, it might be an asteroid, might be something in the middle. And where he is located in the solar system is he is between Saturn and Uranus. And this is a very powerful point in the solar system because Saturn is the last visible planet. It's the last planet that we're able to see with the naked eye. So Chiron is this bridge <laughs> between the visible planets and the invisible planets. And I really think a lot of people, um, when they talk about Chiron, the first thing they say is like, he's the wounded healer. Um, and I actually, I'm probably not really gonna even get into this in this episode. I find that archetype or that association with Chiron to be quite problematic, um, especially when I incorporate Chiron into chart readings when I'm reading for astrology clients, I really don't like to tell people <laughs> how they're wounded. Um, instead, I really like to approach Chiron with this perspective first of being this bridge into the invisible. Um, so Chiron, where he is in your chart and where he is transiting your chart in the current reality, it's really about where you kind of can find this key um, into higher truths. I love associating Chiron with key imagery, and this is actually influence that I have from another astrologer. Um, Adam Summer is an astrologer who has been very um, influential to me in my work with astrology. I've actually done his, I'm in the middle of his apprenticeship, and um, he talks about Chiron in key imagery, even the alchemical symbol of Chiron. It's basically a K with a little circle underneath it. So it, it literally looks like a key. And also when Chiron was first discovered, uh, he was moving through Taurus. And Taurus in the tarot is the Hierophant. And the Hierophant, that card in the tarot, has key imagery on it. So I really see Chiron as being like this key, um, almost like uh, the access to that like epiphany where you access a higher truth, access your purpose, access those like higher realms of consciousness and um, knowledge. And so that's the kind of foundation that I like to lay when explaining Chiron. So now to get into the myth 
Um, the reason Chiron has been uh, called the wounded healer is because literally in his mythology, he was the wounded healer. He was struck by accident uh, with a poisoned arrow. Um, and now Chiron is a centaur um, and he is immortal. He is a demigod and a centaur, uh, which we'll talk more about the that whole um, thing later. But Chiron's immortal. So he got struck with this poison arrow and he created a wound on his leg that was unable to heal, uh, but he couldn't die from the wound because he was immortal. Um, so he was basically forced to live in agony for all eternity, and he became the greatest healer of all time, trying to heal himself. And he was able to heal uh, lots of other people, but he was never able to really heal his own physical body and the way that Chiron's story ends is that he trades his immortality to he trades his immortality with Prometheus uh, to save Prometheus who was condemned to a eternity of torture for stealing fire from the gods and giving it to the humans um, so Chiron was ultimately able to transcend his physical body and transcend his eternal wound by altruism and by basically being that diplomat and that advocate between Saturn and Uranus uh, because Kronos was the person, Kronos or Saturn, was the person who condemned Prometheus and uh, Prometheus is also often considered archetypically to be associated with the planet Uranus. Um, there's actually a really interesting essay out there uh, for any astrology nerds uh, by Richard Tarnas. Uh, it's called Prometheus the Awakener, and it's actually advocating for the planet Uranus to be renamed Prometheus because Uranus is the planet of revolution and disruption. That's a whole other discussion, actually, um, about the archetype of Uranus, of the archetype of Uranus and Prometheus and all of that stuff. We'll save that for later, um, maybe Taurus season because that's where Uranus is right now. But yes. Um, so that is the story of Chiron. Um, so when dealing with Chiron, the theme, or when dealing with Chiron's story, the theme that comes up for me is just the fragility of life. Anything can happen at any point. That arrow that strikes Chiron, it represents that life can take an unexpected, unexpected twist and at any point, and then suddenly your life is completely different than it was before. Um, and that could be like a negative change or a positive change, you know? It's just about the uncertainty of life, um, that myth to me. I think collectively, <laughs> we have been working really deeply with Chiron uh, because I've been really contemplating on how COVID-19 is sort of like that poison arrow for the collective. One day our life was one way and then very quickly everything just kind of changed and the, and the world became something that I suddenly did not recognize. Um, and we're never going to be the same again after having gone through COVID. So I think in order to start to heal and move forward from COVID, um, which I know that we're still going through COVID, I understand that. 
we've been living through COVID for the past year. Um, and even though it's not over, I'm really feeling the need personally to start to like heal my nervous system from having endured this like collective tragedy. And I mean, like we've there's all this stuff on social media about pandemic fatigue and how people are just completely sick of it. And I, that's valid, you know, like that's just that's that's where we are right now. Um, so I think Chiron's lessons can really help us to heal from this basically, and continue to move forward with in, in the reality that we're in right now. And uh, basically, just as this whole experience hopefully comes to a close or comes to sort of a stabilization, we can start to uh, heal ourselves. Um, that's the, I, hopefully the point that I'm trying to make comes through there. Uh, so yeah, we've been collectively struck with this poison arrow. What do we do next? Uh, we have to find a way to choose Prometheus. How do we do that? Um, so being a centaur, Chiron represents this like animalistic side of humanity because Chiron is, he's a god, um, but he's also like half man, half animal. Um, and as humans, this is something that we often forget. Um, and sometimes people even reject this idea. We are animals and we are wired for survival. So we do have this like ability to uh, create a lot of collective knowledge, build societies, build cultures and achieve incredible things as a species. But at our core, we are still animals and we are wired to behave in patterns because every most animals that live on this earth that's like how their brain works they they have habits and they have patterns because from an evolutionary perspective if some behavior keeps us alive once or creates a desirable outcome once we're likely to repeat it and then that is reinforced every time the behavior succeeds. Um, so if we experience any kind of trauma, like COVID or, you know, any trauma, there's new patterns that get imprinted on our nervous system that helped us survive the trauma. Um, and again, so this episode is kind of part of a little mini series uh, that I've been <laughs> dreaming up and working on that is about sort of like healing from COVID. And at some point, I actually am going to have like a trauma-informed psychologist to come and talk about this. So you have somebody who actually knows what she's talking about. But from my little like, I've read about it. Um, here's what I can offer in terms of knowledge. Um, if you experience trauma, you do things to help you survive that trauma, um, especially if it's like a extended trauma, not just like a one-time event. Um, then those patterns, even after you're away from the situation um, and you're safe, you'll continue to repeat those patterns that you were using to survive that trauma. Um, and because of that, that's why trauma survivors have a really hard time kind of functioning in their life after the trauma. Um, and as 
a collective, we have experienced a trauma through COVID-19. And there's a lot of things that we had to do in order to survive COVID-19. We had to shut ourselves away in our homes. We had to socially distance. We had to avoid gathering in groups. Um, And those things, those behaviors are the antithesis of what it means to be human. Humans are not wired to isolate themselves. They're not wired to not be social and to not gather. Our species has survived and achieved everything that it has achieved because of its ability to cooperate. Um, And there are many cases where communities have come together to overcome COVID. Uh, But once we're able to resolve this situation, which, you know, I do have, I, I mean, I have not really had it in me energetically to follow the news very closely. But, you know, there's vaccines out there and there are people that are optimistic about gatherings happening later this year and events moving forward later this year. So, you know, maybe we're going to be able to resolve it. Um, And whenever that happens, whenever this is, for the most part behind us, we're going to have to retrain our nervous systems. We're going to have to learn to feel safe again, participating in activities uh, such as gatherings and such as like talking to a stranger, being uh, like socially close to a stranger, you know? Um, So like I said, I'm doing like uh, a little series of episodes, uh, particularly about how like astrology can help us heal from our experience of COVID-19 as we, as the situation, I think the best way to kind of like put it is I feel like COVID is sort of stabilizing. Um, Like we're kind of, it's probably not going to end anytime soon, but like there's at least a stabilization in the future. Um, And yeah, the series involves actually having like people other than me who know what they're talking about (laughs) come on the show. Um, And then also me offering what I know uh, as being an astrologer. And so this episode being released on the new moon in Aries, Chiron is currently transiting Aries. So that's that's what I want to focus on. I want to focus on for the remainder of this episode, uh, what it means to be experiencing a Chiron in Aries transit and what it means for this moment collectively. And then also offering some things that you can reflect on based on where it is uh, activating your individual birth chart. The way that I approach astrology readings, and I would like to kind of incorporate this into my podcast episodes as well, is I, I really like to focus on astrology and any divination as a, a tool for prompting and a tool to help you ask the right questions, start the right conversations, and start the right reflections uh, with yourself. So I'll be offering some of the, uh, some things that you could reflect on based on where Chiron is transiting your individual chart. We'll talk about that um, very end of the episode, but let's talk about Chiron in Aries. And I touched a bit on the in the beginning of the episode about how I feel like courage and boldness is something that collectively we sort of need to find it again and need to heal 
our ability to be bold again because COVID-19 instilled so much fear in so many different areas like financial fear, fear around health, and just like I don't, I don't think it's even worth it for me to like sit around and list all of the reasons that COVID has given us to be afraid. Um, but I think that in order for us to sort of heal that, we need to um, we need to heal our boldness and heal our courage. And courage for me, um, I actually I'm going to read the definition that I pulled out of a book. Um, I've done a lot of reflections on the concept of courage because courage actually happened to be my word and my theme for 2020. So January of 2020, before I knew that I was going to be living through a pandemic, um, I chose courage as my theme for the for the year. And courage is when we do something that scares us, but we also have a desire for it. That's courage. So it's basically when we face a fear in order to um, reach a desire. And I approached building my courage in 2020 by taking small steps outside of my comfort zone and creating little victories that I can build on. And because what we just experienced collectively, um, everybody has different things that they're comfortable with and that they're uncomfortable with. Also, I would say that COVID-19 sort of changed a lot of people's comfort zones. Um, There may have been things that you would have been completely fine with back in 2019 that are not within your comfort zone anymore because of because of 2020. Um, So I think that to start with this journey of healing our courage and healing our boldness, we have to first take inventory of what our comfort zones look like now. Um, And then what do our desires look like now? And what are some of the ways that your comfort zone and your desires Uh, conflict with each other and then what are little steps that you can take to sort of expand your comfort zone and and go and yeah be bold what can you do to be bold so Chiron and Aries um Chiron entered Aries April 17th of 2018 so we are almost three years into this transit in a few days we're going to hit like a three-year anniversary of Chiron entering Aries uh historically when Chiron has transited Aries it has brought movements that focus on personal freedom and expression so Uh, historical moments where Chiron was in Aries include the Roaring Twenties and Prohibition. It includes the Stonewall Riots and the first uh, gay pride parade. And it also includes the Watergate scandal. And I find that really interesting because we also, during this Chiron and Aries transit, we experienced an impeachment. Two, actually. Two impeachments that didn't end up working, but still, uh, I think that's pretty cool. That's something that in my personal research, I'm going to be sort of um, digging into that more. But the message that Chiron and Aries brings is you are enough and you are worthy exactly the way that you are. Uh, Any attempts to invalidate your identity, invalidate your life experience are injustice, basically. Um, 
And I see the themes of this transit coming through in the in this transit uh, with the lockdowns because we were forced to step away from the capitalist cycle of working, 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 and we were forced to stop and realize that we deserve to be taken care of whether or not we are what society deems as productive. And a lot of themes and conversations came up around uh, how we should be taken care of and we shouldn't have to be on like the capitalist hamster wheel in order to survive because sometimes life doesn't allow us to just be productive all the time and it's not how we were built. And, you know, unfortunately we uncovered a lot of ways that we, our society kind of fails to live up to that and fails to take care of people, uh, which is why we all have to get jobs and pay rent and stuff. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing that we have to work to make a living collectively, but there's a balance that has to be struck there. Um, But the message that Chiron and Aries brings into the mix is that you are enough. You don't have to do anything in order to be worthy of being taken care of. Uh, I also see the Chiron and Aries transit through the Black Lives Matter movement and the demand that the Black experience be validated, that it be seen, that it be told. Because, uh, again, Chiron and Aries, bold self-expression, and you will hear my story and you will validate it. That is Chiron and Aries. Uh it also, the Black Lives Matter movement also kind of connect me to, connected me to the shadow side of Chiron and Aries because the shadow of Chiron and Aries would be like martyrdom, um, like self-sacrifice. Uh, that's how I interpret it. And I'm not saying that like the Black Lives Matter movement promoted martyrdom, but the unfortunate fact um, is that a lot of Black people had to very publicly die uh, in order for this, in order for basically non-black people to hear, finally hear uh, what has been um, trying to come through for a very long time. Um, I'm talking about how George Floyd uh, had to very brutally be killed by the police. Um, And I I always reflected on on how sad it is that you know, that's how this man is going to be remembered forever, you know? I think most people, when they think about the legacy that they want to leave behind, um, I don't think most people would say that they want to be remembered for how they died. Um, And I think especially they wouldn't want to be remembered for, you know, being (laughs) murdered and, and being very unjustly and horribly murdered. Um, So, And that's really sad uh, that, you know, not just George Floyd, but a lot of other uh, people, black people, had to die and basically go down in history as, you know, having been killed in order for this movement to finally, like, take root in the mainstream. Uh, So that's how it connects me to the theme of martyrdom. And I definitely see it. I definitely see it in how everything played out. So that's like the collective interpretation of Chiron and Aries. So whenever a planet transits a specific sign, we feel it collectively. We see it play out in 
the world around us. And then we have a way that there's a way that it plays out in your individual life. And the way to sort of uh, see how it might be playing out in your individual life is to look at the houses in your birth chart. So um, if you've never looked at your birth chart before, this might be a little bit of a confusing concept for you, but um, follow along if you can. Um, And if you can't follow along, then um, I offer readings and lots of talented astrologers offer readings. Uh, But you look at your birth chart and you see all of the signs represented in your birth chart. And then you see um, the inner circle of your birth chart has like little sections numbered 1 through 12. Those are the houses in your chart. And those are determined by the time that you were born, which is why astrologers need to know the time and location of your birth. And basically, each sign in the zodiac rules over one of your houses based on what time you were born. So me, for example, I'm a Capricorn rising, which means that Capricorn was on the eastern horizon at the moment of my birth. So my first house is ruled by Capricorn. My second house is ruled by Aquarius and my third house is ruled by Pisces and so forth. I could go through all 12 houses based on that. Um, So if you followed along with that, uh, you can pull up your birth chart and you can look at where Aries is in your chart and look at the house that is ruled by Aries. That is the house that is currently being transited by Chiron. And I'm going to go through all 12 houses right now and I'm going to give you a something to reflect on uh, based on where that house is. So if Chiron is in your first house, the thing to reflect on is, are there any ways that you censor or limit your own self-expression? The first house is connected to a sense of identity and a sense of self. So Chiron and Aries may bring forward ways that you limit yourself in order to accommodate other people or just because of like personal fears that you have. If Chiron is in your second house, something that you might want to reflect on is your attachment style to money. Uh, Something I've been reading up on, it's a psychological theory and it's the attachment styles. Um, And normally like this is about like relationships. Uh, If when you form like romantic relationships or friendships, uh, you can either form a secure attachment, which is the goal to form a secure attachment, um, an anxious attachment or an avoidant attachment. So if that's something that sparks your interest, Um, You can read more on that. You can probably Google it. But I think that if Chiron's currently in your second house, you might think about if you have a secure attachment to money or if maybe you have an anxious or avoidant attachment to money. Do you currently feel secure in your finances? Uh, Something else to maybe reflect on Uh, if you don't feel like reflecting on money is to reflect on your values. Uh, Are you compromising your values at all? for any reason. So that's the second house. If Chiron is in your third house right now, uh, are there any unresolved issues from your childhood that are coming up at this time? Uh, The third house is connected to, it's connected to the way that you communicate. So you might also reflect on, you know, maybe you're holding things back in your communication or maybe you're 
communicating false information uh, for whatever reason, if Karen's in your third house, or um, a third house is also connected to your childhood. Uh, so Chiron in the third house might also bring up some unresolved circumstances in your childhood that might have, like we were talking about, generated patterns that are currently playing in your adult life that are not serving you. So that's something to reflect on if Chiron's in your third house. If Chiron is in your fourth house, uh, what could you do to make your living environment a place of peace and security and all of the other things that you want to be feeling when you're at home? Uh, what needs to happen so that your home can really feel like a home? Um, the fourth house is connected to home. Uh, it's also connected to your family of origin. So Chiron in the fourth house might bring up some stuff that needs to be resolved or healed with your family of origin or even your current family, the people that you currently like feel you belong to. Um, I'm currently experiencing Chiron through the fourth house and I'm creating my home right now so you know maybe someone else is experiencing that too. Chiron in the fifth house, uh, what blocks or Chiron transiting the fifth house, what blocks need to be removed from your belief system uh, so that you will have the ability to fully express yourself, play, experience pleasure, experience romance. The fifth house is a really fun house. It's connected to children. It's connected to just unbridled joy and play and creativity. And so if Chiron's transiting your fifth house right now, it might bring up some things that need to be healed because they are blocking you from really experiencing true joy, um, which I would argue in the, especially like in this in the world we live in today, but even before COVID, like it can be really hard uh, to fully experience joy in this day and age because of the way or we've been conditioned to think like people often don't trust it. Uh, people try to hold on to it, you know, so that's something to explore if Chiron's transiting your fifth house. Chiron in your sixth house. Think about what is your current self-care routine? Do you need to support yourself more? Do you need to take, do you need to kind of up your self-care game? Um, how can you build self-care into your daily routine? The sixth house is about your habits. It's about your work. It's also connected to your health. So if Chiron is in your sixth house, he might be a uh, prompting you to just invest more in self-care uh, or maybe think about some of the some of the ways that you neglect yourself or that you are have unhealthy <laughs> behaviors um, and I've in like this can be kind of an emotional thing to reflect on so be gentle and forgiving with yourself if you know I mean I've had many seasons in my life including this one actually I'll readily admit where I've neglected self-care uh, and, you know, you just notice it and you improve. <laughs> um, you know, it's good to recognize those emotions, but then also I sometimes to reflect on that uh, with a little bit of detachment might help you to just find a solution to the problem instead of getting down on yourself. Uh, so that was a rant I didn't expect to have, but that's Chiron in the sixth house. Uh, Chiron in the seventh house. Uh, is there something that you need to forgive? 
Um, the seventh house is connected to relationships and partnerships and contracts. So Chiron in the seventh house for me, it brings up themes of forgiveness. Um, maybe you need to forgive yourself for something. Maybe you need to forgive someone else for something. Uh, but that might be something to reflect on and resolve. If Chiron is transiting your sixth house, um, and all these, like, this is like if Aries rules that house, Chiron is transiting that current house. Um, eighth house, if Chiron's transiting your eighth house, how, how do you take care of your psychological and spiritual health. Uh, do you need to support yourself more in your mental or spiritual health? Uh, this might look like um, cultivating a spiritual practice that really um, serves you and makes you feel taken care of. It could even look like maybe seeing a therapist to take care of your mental health. Um, the eighth house is connected to uh, psych psychology, spirituality. It's also connected to entanglement, um, emotional entanglement with other people. So it can be a really messy house. Um, and there's actually a lot of things that could come up if Chiron is transiting your eighth house at the moment. Really intense stuff that um, I probably can't get into specifics with because I'm not talking to a individual person I'm talking to a collective podcast audience um, so the the start the question to maybe start with um, if Chiron's transiting your eighth house is um, just taking care of yourself psychologically and spiritually Chiron in the ninth house uh, is there something that you want to learn or study but you've been putting it off because of other responsibilities um, yeah the ninth house is about expansion it is uh, learning, it's traveling. I actually have Chiron in the ninth house natally, and I travel a lot. <laughs> and um, actually, the past year that I experienced taught me a lot about having Chiron in the ninth house natally. Um, but if Chiron's currently transiting your ninth house, it might be a prompt to um, see how you're blocking yourself from becoming more. Um, from learning more and um, it's so hard reading for the ninth house in a pandemic because the ninth house is really deeply connected to travel particularly like inter international travel um, so in a normal time <laughs> I would be like challenging someone to kind of step into exploring you know going to distant lands but I'm not going to do that because we're in a pandemic um, so yeah, that's the ninth house. Um, how are you putting off your education, basically? And I don't mean like you don't have to, doesn't necessarily have to be like a formal education. There's lots of ways to access courses and there's books and yeah. What do you want to learn? Chiron in the 10th house. Uh, do you feel a sense of fulfillment in your work? Are you getting the recognition you need from yourself and others professionally, uh, is your work aligned with your values? Is the profession um, and professional persona that you're creating, is that in alignment with what you really want to be creating? So that's something to reflect on if Chiron is in your 10th house by transit. Um, Chiron transiting your 11th house, uh, something to reflect on. Do you have do you have meaningful friendships in your life? Do you allow time to nurture those friendships? Um, again, don't feel guilty if the answer to that is no. Uh, 
life is busy. It can be really hard to to invest in relationships, uh, in friendships, uh, and in communities. So if you're like, no, I'm not really putting a lot of time and effort into community, but I would like to, great, just put some time into it. Um, there's no need to like judge yourself for recognizing that you're a little bit off path or that you're not doing exactly what you want to be doing. Um, if you are in a place like me, I can totally um, relate to and empathize if somebody feels like they don't really have a, a community around them at the moment. That's okay. Like there's so many avenues to build community nowadays. Um, and I know like that can feel really overwhelming to even think about that. I'm a very extroverted Aquarian person. I'm an Aquarius and I still feel like, oh my God, like I need to like make friends again. Um, that can be overwhelming, um, but that's okay. Uh, just take the first step. <laughs> you know, you don't, um, communities and friendships and relationships are, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and neither are these things. So that's just some reflections and advice of Chiron happens to be transiting your 11th house. Chiron transiting your 12th house. Anything, does anything need to be resolved, completed, or ended right now? Uh, the 12th house is kind of like the 8th house. It's got a lot of like strange themes connected to it. Um, it's the psyche, it's the soul, it's spirituality, um, but it's it's also the house of endings. So a lot of times when things transit your 12th house, it can bring endings, um, things that need to be let go of. Um, so that might be something you're experiencing if Chiron is transiting your 12th house. So there we go. I did um, a very generalized collective reading. Uh, that was actually kind of fun. I might do more of that if you guys happen to enjoy that. Uh, so yeah, thank you for sitting and listening to that one. We are about to hit an hour of me sitting and talking. Uh, I've had a lot of fun, um, but I am going to close it out and I'm going to get outside and watch the trees bloom. I encourage you to go out there, enjoy this gorgeous weather if you happen to be um, experiencing uh, springtime. If you're in the northern hemisphere, if you're somewhere where, go outside. Just go outside. Um, and I'm going to do the same. So, yeah. Thank you for listening. I deeply appreciate you. I hope you have a beautiful new moon. I will be back uh, actually in probably a week's time to reflect on Taurus season. So I look forward to that. Until then, take really good care of yourself. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Bye for now. I've been going to some dark places. I hate it when my mind races. I've got so many blank spaces. But I want to change, want to change, want to change.
Okay. 